Hi everyone, this is Shreya. Hi everyone, this is Sukanya. And we are back with yet another episode of Intersection Feminism Desi Style Season 3 brought to you by Feminism in India. Through the course of this podcast, we have been trying to talk about how gender manifests in different areas of work and when we speak about life in general and work and existence i think a very very important component of human existence is expression and when we talk about expression we cannot not address the art industry how art manifests in through different media and how artists function and art is also largely a space that is deeply personal very political very public but also very private and intersectional identities play a huge huge role in how artists structured what artists which artists get access to the art space to begin with what is produced what is excluded what is on display how how feasible it is it etc so this episode we we are hoping to talk to an artist um who um has a massive body of work to her credit and we're trying to um figure out what it means to be an artist especially a woman in the art space in India today and we we are hoping to see how uh, understand a little bit more about how this transpires into work and how this uh, transpires into political conversations and how generally an artist also being a woman how an individual deals with all these multitudes in our current scenario absolutely sukanya we are so happy and so excited to have with us indu anthony indu is a transdisciplinary artist based in bangalore in her pursuit of work she has had to face various social barriers which she has relentlessly fought and worked uh, to break and is working with the individuals from the marginalized sections of the society she is known to explore tonalities of inward discussions which later on burst out into the communal spaces her work comprises of understanding feminist stance which gives way to performance and installations we are so happy to have you with us indu thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for inviting me very excited about this so um let's just get, delve into the conversation and mm-hmm. I, i just want to begin indu by asking you uh when you decided to uh, take up art as your uh, career or pursue a, a, a pursue a career in art um were, were there people or voices around you that were skeptical and you know people who might have tried to talk you out of taking up art as a career choice uh, maybe because um, they felt it's too a uh, difficult space for a woman to find a foothold or maybe because it's essentially not assigned to women you know it's not a gender assigned profession to women as such so did you have these um, um sort of disagreeing voices and what what how how has your journey been how, what prompted you to take up art as a career and how has it been so far um to be very honest uh, skeptical and uh, uh, difficult i mean i think it was quite extreme the reactions um growing up i think i've always you know kind of had art within me i would participate in a lot of art competitions and i really enjoyed you know uh, working with the mediums um but it was never considered a career so it was always engineer or doctor um so i it never you know occurred to me that could be a career so um i wrote my exams and then i got into medicine so i finished my medicine and then i was like okay you know what now i've done whatever society has asked me to do and it's time for me to now pursue what i want to do which is primarily art um so of course there was like i mean you know it 
to mildly put it, it was like, oh, get out of the house again. Okay, I've not come back anymore to um, what is this? What are you going to do with your life? Um, you know, a girl like you should get married. And, you know, there were so many of these things that have constantly kept coming up, um, which gave me like more fodder to work, I think. So it helped uh, to do work more for me. Um, even people from the industry or from the art world also were like, oh, you know, you're entering at a very later stage, which is I finished my medicine and all of that. So I don't think why, and medicine is such a, you know, service oriented, beautiful profession. Why would you leave something like that? Um, so yeah, it was not easy, of course. But uh, I think uh, from a young age, I was like mostly like a rebel, I think. So it helped to get, just keep on. <laughs> Uh, Indu, like you said that, you know, uh, art was not viewed as a career choice as per se. Mm. But some, some of the reasons why you also faced a lot of, uh, you know, uh, backlash was because of that. Uh, mm. Do you also think even now, in a way, art is seen as something, uh, visual arts, be it visual arts or finance, is seen as something like a side passion, you know, like a side thing you have you have a job and then you're also following this do you think that sort yeah. of takes away from the appreciation of the creativity and does not give it like the importance that it actually deserves what what are your thoughts on this uh for sure like even now when i say i do art they're like yeah yeah but what's the profession you know they're like uh, they constantly put art in a hobby section and um every new person i meet they'll be like so what are your hobbies and i'm like oh mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's a stupid question. So let's move on. Let's talk about something else. Uh, so this whole thing of like keeping art as uh, categorized as a hobby that you do something at home um, was something very hard to break through also because um, I would tell constantly, tell, no, no, this is what I do. Then the question would be like, oh, then how does that work for you? How do you sustain yourself? Um, and all of that. So the multiple questions would follow. But yeah, it is not a... Mm, it's still there and I think it's much better now definitely from what it was when I was getting into the profession at this point I think a lot more art schools are there around and I think the more awareness about it for sure. So in a lot of your work Indu um, you have also explored the theme of women um, as in women at leisure women in public spaces how public spaces and the public gaze responds to women especially bodies and gender uh, the gender that the bodies embody etc so uh, could you talk to us a little bit about what made you want to explore what made you um, you know decide that this is what i will be exploring gender is going to be like a huge part of my work or this is where most of my conversation is going to be um, so what made you want to explore the idea and how do you think the responses to your work have measured up how has it been for you so uh, for me art is um, i can't really take away art from me and i always react to it from a very personal space so um, uh, public art and where we are, I'm, it's very important for me to understand where we are situated, uh, what is the spaces around us, what what do we come under, who are the people in the spaces, all of this is very important um, because you do not exist as a sole body in a society, we exist in among people and, to, and it's very important for me to observe what is happening around me. Um, when it came to the one of the projects, which is safety for women in public spaces, it came from a very personal space where I was attacked on the street. And I was like, why is this happening? 
and i wanted to understand that in a much more deeper manner as to why this is going on um and then and and also the heaviness of like carrying this load of constantly feeling scared or constantly like looking uh, you know off your shoulder to see what is happening who is following or what is going on which is a huge load to carry uh, you know when you are in a public space intuitively you take a road which is more lit up rather than a road which has less light you're constantly and these things are all happening in a very unconscious manner also so um i was like thinking about like how to kind of uh begin a conversation these are things which will take years and years for any kind of change but at the same time for me it's very important to begin some conversation and that's how the project cecilia the project came about where we were really going and understanding it from ground level understanding it from ward level as to what is happening what are the things that we can do okay there's a street light tissue okay let's try and get the street lights um organized and then uh, we were also doing this uh, thing called the open bar night which is primarily for so for a woman to drink uh, you have to go to a fancy place like a pub or club or whatever but uh, it becomes expensive also so it's why is alcohol not really uh accessible for a lot of you know women as well so that was something that we were constantly thinking about at the same time um these spaces these small local bars also become spaces where it is uh, unsafe for a lot of women to cross so we were thinking okay what if we go into these spaces and will that change so we kept you know doing multiple different interventions as part of the project so i think the idea of gender came from a very personal space as to how can i exist in the society and how can i also in some way start a conversation for spaces to become more and more safe so that is where cecilia the project came about during the pandemic what was happening was a lot of so we were talking about safety for women in public spaces so a lot of the violence what we saw what was happening shifted indoors so a lot more like domestic violence was happening um that's when i also realized that you know a lot of the women in the area that i was working with um constantly spoke about not having a safe space not having a space to move out of home and sit somewhere uh, you will either have to go to the neighbor's house but you know it's still not as accessible as it is so um i think that during that time i also felt like it is not just for them for me also because i live by myself it was not easy for me to be so cooped up in a space i also wanted another space to kind of go and sit and just you know chat chit chat whatever um and that's when um, the idea of namakate came by and this is like a public you know shutter shop space right uh, behind the banaswari railway station um and it is in this janakiram layout and a lot of the women were quite happy we had a grand opening for it and and even now like it's been we opened it in jan and uh, even now it's so beautiful to kind of see a lot of women come there and use it as a leisure space to come just sit and cut vegetables we also have a swing there because you know why uh, things should be only for children but we also need to kind of have it for ourselves uh, for adults and uh, even the idea of like you know just um, swinging on these like uh, on the swing kind of calms our mind down so a lot of the time the women come and say oh i come here mind free out there like the, my mind becomes quite free so it's quite nice to see how the space also is kind of changing even in front of namakate they used to be constant brawls like fights and so the, it was a thing that if there was a t-shirt torn in front of namakate the previous night there was a huge fight 
so a lot of women also found it very hard to kind of come out in that space but post namakati that you know a lot of things have changed in that area um there's a lady ambika who comes by and uh, she starts uh, selling bajji bonda in the evening she felt okay this is a space which i feel now safe so can i please bring my cart and sell uh, bajji bonda here as well of course so you know i it's also beautiful to see how women are slowly taking over that space and making it their own um so yeah uh, it's hopefully like a 10 year project and it will keep going on so that is also another very um important thing and it's part of this whole idea of cultural capital you know in the city what are we remembering spaces by what are we creating around us so that you remember a city and where you uh, kind of exist also and how is that making sense to us rather than just being cooped up in your own like bubble thing right indu uh, i think two things that you uh, spoke about one is claiming space and also you know uh, your art you cannot separate your art from yourself like the art and the artist cannot like this this whole debate that we constantly hear about uh, separating the art from the artist and especially yeah. when it comes to uh allegations of sexual harassment sexual assault uh uh there is this whole thing the art of the artist comes to the defense quickly it's like oh but yeah you know he he's a great artist or he's a great footballer uh, mm. things like that so uh do you think as a woman as a woman in art as someone who's also working towards uh sort of uh helping so many uh, women reclaim the the space reclaim public space uh what is your take on the me too movement on sexual harassment in art and what do you think like do you think it is possible to separate the art and the artist do you think that's that's a viable enough or a, mm-hmm. uh like option that we should be uh talking about also um to be very honest according to my I mean, in my personal opinion i don't think you can separate art and the artist i think um the art that you do is in some way a reflection of um the person you know who the person is and what they're doing you know it i i honestly do not feel that it can be separate um and uh, at the same time uh, i am uh, you know also i'm 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 someone who constantly believes not in canceling things out but at the same time having conversations and bringing uh, these conversations uh, up to the forefront Uh, a movement like me too is very beautiful and i think it was very important. it came at a beautiful time i think it started in 2006 and it caught a lot of fire during a certain time and uh, it is it is an important movement and it is important for a lot of the women who uh, maybe didn't have a voice to come out but then there was a solidarity and then there was this whole thing of sharing that suddenly happened uh, it made a lot of other uh, women to come up and have conversation and say this happened to me too and you didn't feel alone you know especially in these cases a lot of the things you find it very hard to share um even in namakate we had these uh, uh you know this idea of storytelling and then it was about a cloth and you pitch your story in it so a lot of the women were not sharing initially it was um you know one or two women who said okay you know uh, they started stitching saying yes my husband is a um drunkard and he hit me yesterday and and then it just grew like you know caught on like fire where we saw from 10 stories to today we have 530 stories that we have collected from these women where they're really sharing and they feel so comfortable and happy sharing and that is also part of i think that is 
what happened similarly with the me too movement where people started sharing and you didn't feel alone anymore and uh, in some way holding people responsible for their actions you know so i think that was a very important thing and i hope uh, uh, because of that you know there is a certain kind of link between a lot of people and um, it's nice to see that solidarity as well right also when we look at generally when we look at art like you also mentioned you know uh, one thing that really comes into play is the gaze whatever mm-hmm. form of art we're looking at um, installations or paintings or any medium that we look at there's always mm-hmm. the gaze that's in play and a lot of times women feel very excluded from art pieces they feel we feel like oh maybe i i wouldn't look like that if i were to stand that way i mean these are things that we feel all the time when we go into museums and galleries and watch performances etc so mm. with most of art stemming from the male gaze What mm. do you feel is the cost that a woman has to pay, even to minimally change the narrative working within this industry? I mean, you know, uh, it, to be very honest, a lot has changed, definitely. Uh, but at the same time, uh, there needs to be um, a continuous conversation. I think uh, it is also about encouraging more and more voices to come out, voices to be heard. Um, in the art fraternity, I see. I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of like. um known people known people constantly know each other all the time and you know so i feel it is every um art or anybody in some position of power to make sure that all the voices are heard um and to bring in as much of as many like ways of looking at work um there is a certain gatekeeping and that is very important to be broken to be very to bring in some amount of change i think that's where the um, conversation should go you know to be very honest and um, uh yeah I, it is it is um, a lot of these museums i've seen like you know put up paintings of women in, in a certain way and things like that and uh, yeah i mean as you said it it does uh, you you do feel like do i look like this and things like that it's some somewhat non realistic but uh, uh the gaze is also sad you know in that way uh, the, the male gaze and these male artists working in a certain way um yeah i think the only solution is to bring in more and more uh, people into the forefront and uh, um and and also like break this idea of looking at certain works in a certain way you know like if there's someone who's saying you know i i just not do this very traditional form of painting but the other ways of expressing and i think those things should be encouraged more right also just following up on it uh, yeah. this is something that i wanted to ask you uh-huh. as as, an, as a spectator and an observer of your work um mm-hmm. you have recently archived the smells of bangalore mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. uh, spoken to people about what uh, memories these smells um, evoke in them you mm-hmm. also have these frames where you um, stitch uh, certain words that are very mm-hmm. gendered and very sort of tabooed and used yeah. to stream women with strands of hair etc so there's mm. a very intimate uh, personal element in your work when we look at it that is using parts of uh, our own body using smells using mm. 
know, memories and things like that. Sort of mm. trying to, uh, trying to sort of manifest and create a tangible, uh, something tangible out of things that are generally not very tangible feelings and emotions mm. and maybe feelings of exclusion and things like that, rage and everything, everything features in it. So I also just want to understand when you engage with these things, um, there is also the larger context of the art world, which is very structurally problematic and politically mm problematic and male and everything and in it you're this woman who's trying to deal with intimacy and intimate emotions and being and evolving does it get lonely I always wanted to ask you this does it get lonely how do you how do you find it uh, in you generally as an artist and a woman to keep pushing through this you know this work that you do every day uh, even with the hair work I remember somebody asking me who would buy it you know, who would buy your work, you know, it's your hair. And I said, why, well, what is wrong with it? It's like paint, it's another medium that I'm expressing. So what is wrong with it? But there are, of course, like certain ways in which people perceive art. Uh, and uh, I don't think I fall into any structured category that way. I, I always go with a very strong intuition, something that I really feel and really have to have conversation and uh, somehow in a very organic matter, manner, the uh, medium comes to me. Uh, so like when, when it came to Vasane, the project that I was archiving, the smells again, went back to the whole idea of uh, public and the space around us, which is very important to um, see in what are the different ways in we were actually experiencing the city, not just that visually and like hearing wise, but also to like close their eyes and smell because um, I think there's too much of looking uh, to be very honest uh, I think once in a while people should just close their eyes and just like hear uh, awaken the other senses because be it digital media on the phone on screens and you know especially in the pandemic everybody was so glued to their screens everything is happening via screen um, which is why like for me Vasana is important for me why Namakate is important because I, I, I wanted to like actually meet people actually go away from this idea of um, digital space you know for me that space kind of scares me <laughs> to be very honest and um, it is also about like stepping out and uh, seeing the city in a different way so Vasane became very important uh, project and uh, for me to do um, yeah it is uh, your I think most of the mediums that I work with are certain non-conventional methods uh, or ways of doing um, and I do not feel alone to be very honest I I feel uh, like on it, it I feel uh, the puzzle fits uh, for me intuition wise okay I'm, I want to say something and then when the medium comes naturally to me it feels like you know it, 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 it is like the puzzle fitting and I feel like extreme joy of oh great this is something that I can express myself with um, yeah, there have been a lot of criticism. People are like, oh, you know, what is she doing? <laughs> but it's uh, for me. I'm extremely convinced, and I'm extremely like feeling this. This there's a certain joy which I can't even explain, you know. And when I feel that while working, I I know there's something uh, really good with what I'm doing. Very uh, uh, sort of enlightening to hear this because I feel like uh, uh, constantly as women. In whatever field we are, we are always told, but do you think you can you can do this on your own? Like there's always that thing, can you sustain, there's that thought, no matter what you're doing as a woman, that 
you will not be able to sustain yourself uh, mm. uh, because just by virtue of the fact that you're a woman for uh, mm. so uh, with respect to that i like you also mentioned that people saying that who will buy this and everything do you think uh, what are the challenges you feel in, in especially in the world of art that uh, you know you faced when it come came to financial sustenance or financial viability like what are the challenges that you faced and what would be your message to you know uh, younger future generation of artists who want to take this up but are probably also have this inhibition in their mind because the society is constantly telling them so uh, like both the questions actually what are the challenges you face and what is your um, yeah to them so uh, yeah assessments is not easy i mean that's something that i get asked on almost every other day you know like how do you sustain yourself how do you run these places because um you know it's not a um, easy space at all because i do not, i live by myself um i do not have a partner who supports me or any of that kind of thing so i um have to work for myself have to make sure that i get a meal every day and make sure that you know i'm able to you know somehow uh, carry on you know um so yeah i apply for grants i apply for uh, open calls in whatever way and, and try to ex- exhibit my work um the books what i made uh, sold so there are the multiple like small small ways in which some money comes and um yeah i in some ways i don't ha- i don't have to look after someone so in that way uh, i'm able to uh, all, all i need to worry about is like i need to make sure that i eat and i'm able to take care of myself i think at the end of the day i'm somehow able to do that um yeah i think that's how but it's it's not consistent there's no consistency in this you know tomorrow a grant may be over and there will be a really bad time and then you will have to eat uh two minute noodles for like <laughs> next one week or so because you don't have that kind of money to kind of you know get some good food and yeah so these kind of things happen it it's up and down but uh, i've been doing it for so many years now so it's fine if you really really uh it for me today it has become like my oxygen today if i do not, if i can i'm someone who can never be still um so i i'm always doing something or the other and it is like for me breathing like making work and doing work or reading about it or any kind of experiential thing which will eventually move towards some work um or even just like reading poems uh, everything informs like even I, i love going into the markets um exploring the markets going out um walking through lanes and all of that like is so important i do not go to see okay how can i get material for my work but it's just experiences i think uh, constantly being open to experiences if someone says okay hey let's go here go <laughs> just go and i think experiences really help in uh, uh, making work and 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 also being consistent i think it's about not giving up i know it is not an easy journey but uh, in some way if you don't give up i think it will definitely feel nice as we come to the close of this conversation i i feel that a lot of times when we speak to artists uh, especially um, artists um, who are men there's a lot mm-hmm. of 
mystification around and romanticism around this idea of oh this is an artist or oh, they have a certain creative license or oh they they live in some nether world etc i feel only a woman can really break that through and talk about sustenance and talk about what it means emotionally to invest mm. and talk about the importance of walking through streets and sort of being more inward and engaging also while being vigilant and while embodying all the uh, all the insecurities and the social sort of uh, dangers of just stepping out there and uh, trying to seek experiences etc so this this conversation for me has been about a lot about i'm sure i speak for shreya also when i say that that this conversation for me has pleasantly been about being very realistic about discipline consistency about finding a foothold about not giving up about trying every day and it's it's been beautiful to have this conversation and i'm very 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 happy that we could do this i i absolutely loved having this conversation and we hope that this has been an exciting few minutes of conversation for you as well yeah definitely i'm so happy to like share my thoughts and uh... very great to like talk to both of you i completely agree with everything that sukanya said this has been really enriching uh reflective and so uh i'd say uh, heartwarming in the beginning of a hectic work day work week <laughs> so thank you so much indu for uh yeah. joining us today and for agreeing to do this thank you very much yeah thank you so much for having me thank you thank you That's all for today. We'll be back with yet another episode of Intersectional Feminism Desi Style Season Three on your favorite streaming platforms next to next Thursday. Till then, stay tuned and stay safe. Bye.